The Ringer's Charles Holmes and co-host Grace Spellman present the most notorious new podcast in the industry, The Ringer Music Show. Every Tuesday, they'll bring you the latest news, the hottest takes, and the deepest reporting about the wild world of music and the chaotic industry that creates it. Check out The Ringer Music Show exclusively on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Lincoln in the all-new 2024 Nautilus Hybrid. Featuring a customizable 48-inch panoramic display, available Revel audio system, and available perfect position front seats with active motion massage. Oh my God. The world isn't wide enough. Visit Lincoln.com to learn more. Some models, trims, and features may not be available or may be subject to change. Check with your local retailer for current information. Lincoln and Nautilus are trademarks of Ford or its affiliates. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. Previously on Recipe Club. All right, we've got the wheel here, which, uh, as a reminder, has empanadas, flatbread, popcorn, jalapenos, mac and cheese, Wonder Bread, Spam, frozen broccoli, meatballs, and Bisquick, which is falling off. All right, I'm putting pork ribs on. I'm going to give this one more shuffle. I'm going to predict. Let's since we've already gone and handicapped these as far as like what people want and don't want, and the and the wheels are taking. Ying, let's be honest here. Of all the wheels, this wheel is the strongest. This is the strongest fucking wheel. There's we nothing have. here yeah. that I don't like. If if that's the case, Dave, when this hits frozen broccoli, I don't want to hear a groan from you. I want to hear a woohoo when this hits Woo-hoo! frozen broccoli. No, don't worry, it's not going to land on frozen broccoli. The gods I, are with us. I I think I think it'll land on spam, and I think we'll all be happy. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> flatbread. I'm so excited mm. about this. Actually, I'm very excited. Hello, welcome to another installment of the sometimes number one food podcast in America, Recipe Club. <laughs> we are joined together with uh, my co-host Chris Ying, and uh, I'd say one of my favorite people I've been able to meet this year, even though yeah. we haven't met this year in person, but man, we spent a lot of time on Zoom, Brian Ford, the baker extraordinaire, and... Um, I think he's batting, what, 50-50 on wins and losses? Oof, I'm batting something pretty bad at this point. Uh, but uh, He's still in the league. I'm like one in four. I'm like one in four right now. Yeah. But, you know, Is I don't he really... one in four? He's one, three, and one. Where there was a draw in there during the, well, the well, Graham Cracker the, episode. It's a higher that's, ratio than, uh, my, than Chris and myself. That's for damn sure. <laughs> I think we are three and 15. Yeah. And one. Yeah. Yeah, that's not. I'm not good at math. I may not be a smart man, but I do know that Brian has a higher winning percentage. Than us. Well, what's what's more important than the winning percentages is, is like you just said, you know, getting to meet you guys this year has been really amazing. And uh, we don't need to keep score. I'm just kidding, guys. I have a better percentage than both of you. So <laughs> <laughs> listen, 
I thought we were doomed. We we brought in five star superstar NBA blah blah blah, and then we were just doomed. And um, I don't know if his win record actually reflects the power that he has. And Thank I feel you. like he could rip off some some uh, a very very terrifying win streak. Ying. So we got to bring our bring our fucking A game. I, I think I think you're 100 percent right, and I think it began. I think that that win streak might begin with him taking this episode very fucking seriously, very <laughs> yeah. seriously, yeah. sir. Like, like you know, <laughs> bringing a, a a gun to a knife fight. Like, thanks. <laughs> you know, no, it, it you know it wasn't even about bringing a gun. It was just about making something simple and delicious. That's that's oh, so really simple. all it was. So simple. Yeah, I think that simple adjective might, might be up for. <laughs> Might be up for debate. I'm just gonna say this, Brian. For you're you're a goddamn jerk. There, I, I just I got it out there. Your recipe, you're you're a jerk. There, you're a jerk. I thought I was a jerk, and I was like, man, I appreciate your jerk jerk level. That's way 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 big time jerk level move. Uh, so. Uh, what, what Dave is alluding to here, uh, it should be said. Today's episode is focused on flatbread, which is right in both of these two gentlemen's wheelhouses. Mm. Uh, we have each brought a recipe for a flatbread. We've cooked all three of them, and we're going to discuss and debate and uh, which is the the best way to make flatbread. When you do a Google search, here's some interesting stuff, guys. When you do a Google search for flatbread recipe, you get 20, 23 million re- results. When you search for some of the more specific terms, like what do you uh, of the three of the three kinds of flatbreads we brought, non, putta, and parata, what do you think? Put those in the order of most Google hits to least. Oh, wow. Non might be over a hundred million. Parata might be over 75 million. Hot dog is under 10 million. What do you think, Brian? I go with he said with what he said. Yeah, so same, same order. order. It's non parata than hotdog. It's thirty five million for non, fifteen point six million for parata, and two point nine million for hotdog. Uh, That's voter voter say, suppression on that non. That's sixty five million people you suppressed, Chris Ying. <laughs> I quieted them down. I quieted the sixty million non recipe searchers. Uh, pita bread, for comparison, has fifty million results. And when I googled. Uh, you know, just did some poking around on what qualifies as a flatbread. People say pizza qualifies as a flatbread. Do you guys agree or disagree? I think I agree. I mean, I think it's rooted in, I think it's rooted in the the essence of flatbread. I mean, you know, focaccia is obviously a flatbread. I mean, I don't know, actually, now that I'm just saying it and no. it's, you know, they're, 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 they are, they're leaven. Hey, Brian, you know, hey Brian, Brian, is, is, is um, milk and orange juice the same thing? I mean, well, yeah, they are. They're both liquids. They're both yeah, liquids. I guess, right. I guess I guess they are the same thing. Are, are water, water and Coca-Cola the same thing? Is yeah, a thin I is a thin are. is a thin crust pizza flatbread. Oh no. I'm you know, not, it's it's I just, just a, it's it's just that who's making the rules here? Oh my god. <laughs> He, he does he is this is he is he a Blade Runner? Is he trying to prove that I'm not a fucking replicant? <laughs> because because what I because because not and not to get into it because I I feel like one of these was like almost just like a like a fritter like a sweet beignet like a like a sweet donut is that is that a, is that any more or less flatbread than a thin crust pizza? I mean, listen, I yes, the question I got to give the answer. It kind of depends on the type of pizza. Neapolitan style pizza is not really a flatbread. It just it's leavened so thick, it's very airy, it's very bready. It's more like a normal bread. But if you have like a a regular thinner pizza bianca 
you know, is that a flatbread? It, 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 you know, so it's not milk and orange juice. I think it's a little more complicated than that. Two things. One, I forgot to hit record until a minute ago. Oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it. We're using his audio, and Chris, Chris Yang, you are going to have to apologize. It's your fucking apology. <laughs> the public is going to stop accepting my apologies, man. I'm a repeat offender now. I'm a repeat offender. Two, when you Google pizza recipe, 1.1 billion results. And my, I think this is all fucking backwards because we need 1.1 billion ideas on how to make pizza. We need more information on how to make hot dog, parata, mm -hmm. and naan, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And we don't need 1 billion pizza mm -hmm. recipes, do we? No. Fuck, fuck pizza. That's what yeah. I say. <laughs> no, I'm, I agree with fuck you on pizza. that. <laughs> <laughs> big bully. But, yeah, you big bully pizza. Um, so... It, this this is all to say we've got a lot of love here for flatbreads generally. Brian, do you want to do you want to talk just about flatbread in your life in your baking? Where how, how much flatbread bakery are you doing? What kind of love you got for this? I mean, I, I yeah, I mean, not even on a professional level. Just I grew up eating tortillas, you know, which is which is just like a Central American flatbread in a way, and that's that's the extent of my like real love and passion for it is my mom makes flour tortillas with coconut milk in it um and she makes baleadas which is like refried beans queso fresco crema you know honduran style and and, and a very flaky uh coconut aromatic tortilla so tortilla code switch uh, <laughs> i had one time my brother heard me say tortilla he called me he he started texting me like, talking about tortilla bro talking about tortilla anyway just growing up eating tortillas is probably like my my real flatbread appreciation. I think everything else is just stuff that I've learned that I like. I'm very fond of my naan recipe. Uh, I usually do it with sourdough, but I, I just made it a little bit easier uh, for the for for this uh, episode. I think si the simpler the better. I think the simpler the better. I think just like a couple things on it, some nice fermentation, and just like a quick cook on on like a hot stone or a hot uh cast iron is is the way to go um but i don't know i mean it, it seems kind of contentious it's like what you know is this type of pizza flatbread is focaccia it's just whatever and i actually hate i actually hate that those are the two most commonly thought of things anyway i'm, t I'm tired of you know like my next book's not going to have any focaccias in there and, and those i'm erasing those words from my baking vocabulary because it's just it's just too much it just doesn't doesn't make sense that they are the like I don't even Let's know how to say it together, it. everybody. Fuck. Say it. Fuck you, Focaccia. <laughs> Fuck you, Focaccia. <laughs> yes, that's exactly how I feel about uh, about Focaccia. Stay together, everybody. <laughs> how about that? Uh, Dave, I know in recent years in the restaurants, you know, Bing and Flatbread have, have started playing a bigger part on the menus. But like, is your Flatbread uh, obsession... Go back as far as, as as Brian's. Are you a lifelong flatbread dude? When I first had pita bread, I remember being like, what, six, seven, being like, oh, my God, you can like put things inside the bread. But like pita was like a new thing. I didn't think of it as flatbread. You think of it as pita. The only time I ever like the, the word flatbread was like stuck in my lexicon was when I think I was it went to like TGI Fridays or Ruby Tuesdays or Bennigan's or one of those places that had like. On the appetizer section next to potato skins, chicken fingers, you know, uh, you had a section of flatbreads. And I was like, well, and it comes out and there's some meat on it, maybe some cheese or <laughs> like, like, or like, pizza. like, 
Yeah, or like they put like cherry tomatoes and wisps of fucking Parmesan and like basil oil. Definitely got to have the basil oil. <laughs> and it comes out oblong. And you're like, oh, so I can just bread with shit on it. I guess that's flatbread. You know, like, oh, that's <laughs> flatbread. And that became like, that's what flatbread is. And you saw that. When you go to that kind of restaurant and they don't serve pizza, but they serve the appetizer portion of flatbread, that's what I thought was flatbread. That took over. And I didn't know much about breads from I, Iran, Iraq, you know, uh, the Middle East. Like, I didn't know that bread was part of that region. I just didn't know. And it, I'm talking about being in an adolescent. Like, I didn't know anything. And I think that sort of stayed with me until I got to Asia, until I started to travel. And when I got to China in the, in the mid-90s in Beijing, I was like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> what, the, what the fuck? Everyone's making bread. And it don't look like any bread I've ever had before. It looks like sort of like a pita bread. It looks like so on and so forth. And then I get to New York and then I see rotis are part of like Malaysian culture and, mm -hmm. and you get to Queens and you see different kinds of breads and Eastern European has a lot of flatbreads and all of, you know, there are just so many cultures, India, basically everyone has a flatbread. But when I was able to travel through Eastern Europe and go to Turkey and different countries, you're like, wait a second. You can't eat without flatbread. So my entire understanding of bread was turned upside down. And what I loved about it is no one could really say I did it first or mm -hmm. mine is the best because mm -hmm. flatbread is something that sort of defies the sort of European understanding of the bakery, right? It's, it's a different kind of thing. When I, when I was in India and in Mumbai, I was like, this is unbelievable. To see a lot of the Muslim style breads or just all the naans and all the rotis and all the pratas. Like bread is, I'd argue, long way of me saying this, the focaccias and the pizzas, yes, I love them. I jokingly say, fuck you. But it's more like, as Chris just said, like one point over one billion, like almost, I'm sure like a billion searches for all these things. And you ask people about breads in general, it's going to be the croissants. It's going to be the baguettes. It's going to be the pizzas and the focaccias. But I think it's the minority mm -hmm. when you think about the bread that's made it in is. the world. It is. Right? I agree hundred percent. It's a, a thousand percent, a thousand percent the minority because I, 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 uh, I used to hang out with some Tunisian cats um, and they would take me to this, um, to this, uh, it was like a Tunisian restaurant or something. And as they ate, as we ate, they, you know, they bring you the, the, what, what we as Americans will think of as flatbread, right? They just call it bread, right? They're just like, Hey, bring more bread. Give me the bread. Do you like the bread? And, for me, I was a little like, is this bread? It is bread. You know what I mean? And, and that's when, like you're saying, my wheels started turning. The more I started to interact with people from North Africa or Latin America or wherever, you know, tortillas, like bread, there's bread. <laughs> these breads dominate pretty much the bread game. If you really, it's like you're saying, if you really think about it, these are the breads that really kind of shine from an efficiency perspective, from a flavor perspective, and just from a usefulness perspective. That's really the bread of the world in a way. So I, 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 I love flatbread and <laughs> it's like a trigger word for me. Honestly, even when I'm at TGI Fridays, like Dave's talking about, you have the flatbread section was just like a, a hidden word for thin crust pizza. Like even that, like I go into full Zoolander 
like I'll kill somebody, murder somebody for flatbread. I, I love it. But I love it also for the reason you guys are talking about, which is flatbread predates ovens. It predates all other baked goods. It could be baked on a stone next to a fire. It's also, it predates oceanic travel. Injera bread has been being made in Ethiopia since three, 5,000 years ago. Mesopotamia, all of these places, the Mayans, I think that it's one of the world's great like parallel innovations. Everywhere there is grain, people will figure out how to grind it up and turn it into flatbread and then wrap it around, the, wrap things or like wrap it around things or dip it into things. I think it's like a quintessential human food, like civilization is flatbread in the way that, you know, we feel about rice. I think most people in the world have some kind of flatbread as part of their culture. In America, you know, ours is a mishmash of lots of other people's cultures. There are indigenous flatbreads, of course, but, you know, we eat tortilla, tortillas, (laughs) Uh, you know, we eat pita bread, we eat all these things because, you know, we we maybe don't have as much of like a, you know, sui generis flatbread, but I, I fucking, I love it, man. And when I say I love it, it's probably the most mundane statement in the entire world because literally everybody loves flatbread. And, and and it's funny. It's like when we had Hawa Hassan on on our on our podcast, the Dave Chang Show. She was saying like, "No, when I make stuff, people think it's a pancake." I was like, "No, no, no, this is Somali." Mm-hmm. Um, injera bread. You know what? I don't think a lot of chefs are going to make it, not because of cultural appropriation. You know why? It's fucking hard. So hard. <laughs> <laughs> my my friend my friend texted me the other day. He's not he's not a chef. He's not a cook. He's just a friend of mine. He's like, have you ever tried making injera bread? I was like, no. And he's like, I think it might be impossible. <laughs> I think it's physically impossible to make it. Yeah, it's so hard. But sorry, Dave, you were saying people no, are going to try just, it so hard. It's funny. It's like, just because you, you see it slapped in a tandoor oven or or griddled or cooked in a way that you're not familiar or baked on stones like pebbles there's like all kinds of ways to make flatbread right. and it doesn't look european it doesn't look sophisticated or it's poured out you know and it's like a fermented liquidy dough like injera is and it's using flowers with names that you're not familiar with don't assume that it's not sophisticated or incredibly difficult it is very difficult to do properly yeah yep. it's it, it it is very uh, teff flower i think is what it uses uh and and you hear you know when people hear about you know the more traditional ancient grains and, and you know spelt or einkorn that's cool that's acceptable that's artisanal but it's like you're saying, you, you know, you hear teff flour, you, you know, these the, the cooking method is different than what you would do for these traditional, you know, European loaves. You're like, oh, well, that whatever. Who cares about that? That's, that's pretty much what people do in their brains. They're like, well, I don't want to I don't want to learn that. And I think that's um, I think <laughs> I think there's just a lot to talk about in this in this arena going forward. Yeah, I think I think the the positive way to look at all of this is that wh- wherever you are. <laughs> Like we all like flatbread. We all like wrapping things in flatbread. If you're a vegetarian, mm-hmm. an omnivore, whatever, like we all like it. And like, I think it's like basic to our humanity. If you put, if you put somebody in a room who has never been exposed to the world or culture and you put a piece of flatbread there and you put some sauce or meat next to it, they're going to put those two things together. <laughs> like that's just what's going to happen because it's yeah. just, it's fundamental to our humanity. You know what it is? Garbage bread for soaking up sauces, but this is what even like the Italians came up a name. Scarpetta is the Scarpetta, like, yeah. scoop up that you know mm-hmm. what sucks? Western style bread, baguettes, <laughs> trusty loaves. It's like the worst. 
it's the worst bread to soak up (laughs) shit because you can't use the outer crust the crumb you got to take the fucking interior part and soak it up it's stupid it doesn't work (laughs) it it doesn't make sense well yeah, yeah I, that's flatbreads. People, people ask me my favorite thing to bake. I swear, like food and wine. Just you know, talking to them on the phone's article. Like, what's your favorite? I'm like, yo, my favorite thing to make is coconut bread. <laughs> coconut bread because it's soft and it was literally designed to dip into savory soups. Traditional Honduran pan de coco is made out of whole wheat. It was cooked in wood ovens, not even leavened, and it comes out like this dense little thing, but soft. And it was made to dip into the fish soups. Yes, into the into the beans. Dip it into you know, put it on the table. It's soft and warm. That that. That's bread, right? To me, that is bread. Yeah, 100%. But like, you're also talking about the breads of the Caribbean. Like, there's so many kinds of breads. And if you think about it, outside of the Pullman loaves and the breads that we're talking about that are traditionally mm-hmm. European, like, mm-hmm. those breads are so limited in how you eat it. Sandwich or like fucking like you, to- like you just eat it by itself. Like, that's not how, like, I, certainly, I love these things. I love, I love it. But it's not how I like to eat most of the foods that I eat, which is saucy over rice. And there's another thing with flatbreads that people need to fucking understand. This is when you do the double carb move, man. And you better fucking Mm -hmm. understand that shit. Mm -hmm. You have to rice with sauce and some braised meat and your fucking bread. I don't want anyone's like, you can't do that. I was like, and potatoes. And potatoes. potatoes. If you think about brioche and croissant, if you think about things like that, you know what they really are? They, I, I'm going to say, I feel like they're just a thing of luxury because after make after like working in a bakery and making these things for so long, I was like, like going through pounds and pounds of butter, like kilos of butter, kilo, like cases of eggs. And I was like, what is the point of doing this? Like, mm-hmm. like, it's just, it's just like, why is this something that, you know, for, for, for a wholesale client, like, why does a restaurant want this specific bread? Like, it's a deeper question. It's so, in my opinion, it's just so wasteful. It's just like 40% butter, a bread with 40% butter. Like, it is just not necessary, but it's, it's held at the highest regard. It's brioche, right? So, oh, it's a brioche bun. How's the burger? Was it good? Oh, it was on a brioche bun. Oh, sh- then you know it was good. Like, come on, man. Like, let, I, I mean, let, I agree with you that it's a luxury thing. You know what I mean? Like, I, listen, I love a, I love croissant. I love like a perfect laminated croissant. Like, it's yeah. delicious, right? But like, it's not everyday food. It's, it's not how I eat. I don't, I don't like serve my family a plate of <laughs> croissants with my, <laughs> with my curry, and I'm just like, all right, guys, just uh, tear off the nubs and start dipping it in there. Like that's just not. It's not how I eat a, a, a croissant, a baguette. Like that's a sometimes treat for me. But we're talking about flatbread, which is workhorse just like rice it's beautiful just like rice in that same way that we all love and there are like a million and then so like we've mm. chosen three but i know off the top of your heads like yeah. i'm sure there's so like many. 800 more you guys fucking love i wanted like, I, 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 I wanted I, I really actually wanted to make two things pinta dog korean pinta dog or and you know uh, I, i'm a big fucking fan of these chris papusas mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. which are probably, I'm going to say, one of the most underrated foods in the world today. So El Salvador good. makes one of the most delicious things that most people haven't tried, and they need to understand how delicious. And I think that's a flatbread. Yeah. I, I think so, too. It's, it's, uh, it's griddled. It's stuffed. It's not, it's not, you know, again, like going back to the parallel innovation stuff, it's, it's like a alu parata it's like the hot duck like it's a stuffed flatbread and that's like a whole nother fucking world there's so many delicious flatbreads man like brian what else do you love in this genre 
I mean, just to touch on that real quick, I actually made Dave uh, the recipe you submitted with my older sister. And the first thing she said was like, are these pupusas? I was like, <laughs> they kind of are in a way. They were totally. you know, she, like, that's the first thing that came to her mind was like, oh, these are kind of like pupusas. Like, kind of in a way. Yeah. Well, of. you know what we should do? We, we should choose pupusas as a wheel of life uh, uh, ingredient. Oh, hell yeah. That'll be a good one. That'll be a good one. I, I'm I'm on board. I'm not going to win Ryan, this we, one. We call it the wheel, wheel of life now, not the wheel of the death. Wheel, oh, it's the wheel oh, of life. Wheel of I was life thinking. Now. I yeah. was thinking we throw maseka on there. You know, maseka is right. It's the it's the bag of the interesting. Hi. Look at hey, this a little, a little look guest spot. Is. A little spot from Priya Krishna right here. What's she doing? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> yes. Maybe we're saying, did it win, Chris? Nod yes if it won. We haven't gone. We yet. haven't gotten talking. there yet. We, we haven't, haven't gotten there yet. We haven't even talked Priya, about. Here is an example of Priya's un, unbeatable desire to win. She has just popped in where Dave is recording to find out if her recipe won won the recipe club this this week. We, we haven't not even, even started yet, Priya. We haven't even started yet. <laughs> it's not okay. even her. It's not even her week. <laughs> Guys, remember the safe word. She won't let me use it, but send help now. Send help now. Um, um, Isaac or Sasha, what are the odds? What are the odds for the three contestants today? For for anytime Brian is on and you're doing bread, yeah, but they Brian threw has a curveball the in. They, they threw a curveball in favorite. by putting Priya's recipe. That's it. That is it. Yes. That is it. That is a that is a wrench in the equation. Don't let him change the odds, <laughs> Isaac. You are the rating service. What are the odds? So people that are betting at home, I think Brian Brian minus two hundred. Dave, because you have hotuk as your recipe, and hotuk is a Korean is a very very Korean dish. I think I have to favor you a little bit. I think I think you're in the minus. I think you're 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 at minus one ten, and then Chris Yang plus one twenty, plus one fifty. <laughs> I'm sorry, Chris. Like I I love you, Chris. Like this is not. I don't want to do this to you. I think these odds are. I think I I don't mind being an underdog, but I think these odds are skewed. I think that uh, Chris Yang is a good fucking bet at plus one fifty. To be honest, plus one, with I you. mean, good value. Plus one fifty is good value. It's a good value bet because he brought a because I brought a Priya Krishna. You're the underdog because you're up against a bread maker and a Korean person it's where true. one of the recipes is Korean. It's true. But you we know? also know that one of those two uh, competitors, uh, I'm not going to say which one, has been known to throw the throw the, <laughs> throw the the match <laughs> uh, <laughs> as, as when it comes to his turn. So just keep that in mind, betters. Who, who might got, you be talking about? Who, who likes plus, to... Plus uh, 150 is good. It's really good value if you if you can get it. So. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Well, the, the the money's on Brian to to win this, so we'll see. I'm betting money line on Brian. Brian brought a recipe of his own creation, a non recipe with a poolish, a a pre ferment. Um, I brought a recipe for alu paratha, courtesy of none other than Recipe Club Wedgie member Priya Krishna, and Dave brought a hot dog recipe from Mangchi, uh, the uber popular goddess. The goddess, the, the Korean of, goddess. Uh, of Korean home cooking online. Um, so let's see here. I think I may have won last time. So it's my right to go first or defer. Um, what the hell? I'll go first here. So I, uh, I submitted my recipe last. As always, I had a hard time. I was especially nervous this time around with these two and their, their um, pedigree as flatbread makers. So I was thinking about 
flatbreads I love, and like we just talked about, there's a there's a billion and one. And I, I started thinking about um, Indian flatbreads, and obviously Brian sent in a non recipe. I thought I would do a stuffed one, and I remembered that a one of the moms in my daughter's little tiny tiny preschool pod. Uh, <laughs> makes alu prata and she had made them and I'd had them and they were very delicious. So I texted her and I said like, Hey, you know, did you have a recipe for alu prata that you really loved? And she said, yeah, it's not like an old family recipe or anything here. I'll, I'll link it to you. It's weird. It's on, it's on vice for some, for some reason it's on vice.com. And so I clicked it. And of course, mm-hmm. of course it was Priya Krishna's alu prata recipe that she uses. Uh, so I, I made it, she had suggested some little changes to it as I'm sure like all moms do when they, when they sort of adapt a recipe for their own home, own home, home cooking, she added some extra spices and I sent around like a little kind of right like sauce that she makes, um, to go with it. I don't know if you guys made it or not, but I, uh, I really enjoy recipes like this. I liked making Dave's stuffed flatbread. I liked making this stuffed flatbread. I think there's something super, like, I'm, I'm not somebody who makes this a lot. So I was really, I'm always excited to fill flatbread, roll it out and have it not explode, which is, uh, always still magical and impressive to me. But, uh, yeah. What did you guys, what did you guys make of this recipe? It was very flaky. <laughs> I uh, I actually had some pretty high quality, you know, regionally milled whole wheat flour and all that. So <laughs> I okay, was, dude. I okay. I gave it I gave it a couple turns actually after the um I don't know Chris if you actually want to run down the recipe first before I oh talk yeah yeah about of it. course sorry sorry oh my god it's just like it's like I have never been on this uh, podcast I didn't before. want to steal your thunder and explain the process you know <laughs> yeah so this is an, this is the only unleavened of the three flatbreads we we brought. Uh, it's whole wheat flour, water, a little vegetable oil, a little salt. Basically, you just make a super quick dough with that, refrigerate it while you prep the filling, um, which is just boiled or microwaved russet potatoes seasoned with chili, fennel seeds, um, chopped cilantro, salt. And so basically you rest your dough a little bit, break it up into four pieces, roll it out, like flatten it out, stuff it with the potato mixture pull the sides up so you can kind of crimp it and then flatten it down again and and roll it back out into like a, a flat disc and then griddle it in in a little bit of vegetable oil. That's basically the whole process. And, and the one thing I will say is Priya has a very like specific way of like two minutes, then you flip, then oil, then two minute flip oil, like a lot in there. And I was kind of like, ah, whatever, like mm-hmm. I'm just going to do whatever I want here. And I will admit, like I overcooked the shit out of one of these for sure. Cause I was just like, ah, just let it go. Like Priya doesn't know what the fuck she's talking about. Priya knows what she's talking about, and mm-hmm. uh, you can overcook these. Mm-hmm. Sorry. So, Brian, now that I've actually described what this recipe is, talk about your your yeah, experience no, with it. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. It was very flaky. I gave it... A, so, so when I say I gave it a couple of turns, I basically... Um, I, I did... Th- I, you know, I used 700 grams of potatoes because I weigh everything. I felt like dividing the potatoes in four, and, and I felt like that was a little bit too much for, the, for a fourth of the dough. But I was like, whatever, like that doesn't matter to me. I just took in, I took enough potato mixture to just, you know, fit comfortably in the middle of the dough, kind of crimped it up, flipped it over, rolled it out, kind of folded it over into itself again and rolled it out one more time or even maybe even two more times. The more you roll it out, the flakier it'll be. That's what, you know, that's what my theory was. So, and yeah, I mean, the potato mixture stayed nice and snug in there. I did let my dough also rest for a few hours in the fridge, not just the, I think 20 minutes that it said longer it rests, the sh- kind of the stronger it will get. So I, I kind of let it rest in there for a bit. It was nice and elastic. I had a little bit more water too. 
All of that to say is that the way I made it, it came out beautifully, <laughs> to be completely honest. And I topped it. It came out beautifully. The cooking instruction, the cooking instructions did seem to be critical. Um, so I didn't, I didn't mess around with that. I just kind of, I kind of did as told. And then I topped it with, I just had some random yogurt and some tomatoes. I think it said, I didn't do the mustard seed thing. But <laughs> overall, you can't, can't go wrong with well-seasoned potato in a like, delicious kind of roti flatbread style. I know like, like a roti is basically whole wheat flour and water, and then you kind of cook it. This to me seemed like that with this stuffing in it and then laminated. So I was like, yeah, <laughs> it was pretty damn good. I gotta say. Yeah. As, as a baking tip, Brian, let me ask you like whether it's, whether it's like a, a flatbread like this, or if you're doing noodles or something that rest will also like, if I'm, if you're having trouble rolling something out and it's too, tough to roll out like the rest will usually make it easier to yeah i think that's and it, and it's not even it, this is my like veiled way to criticize things because i'm like oh i don't want to say anything i think the i think dough should always just rest for a long time whether it's got yeast or sourdough or poolish or i think the longer you have uh that pre that pre-ferment or some sort of rest period the, the, the better the gluten will be developed and the easier it will be for you to digest so Unfortunately, like my skill set indicates that I that that's just what I do. So, you know, you make a stronger dough, you'll have more success when you roll when you roll it out with the potato in it. If you let it rest for a little longer and I think add a little bit more water because whole wheat flour can absorb like whole wheat fl flour is like really good at absorbing water. So you can be a little generous with the water content and that'll make a stronger dough for you. So if you let it rest, it'll be strong. That's that's about it. And Dave, you were with Priya, I believe. When you, yes, when you I, I was. And, um, you know, I think it's important that in her best selling book, Indianish, this is where the recipe is from. Um, she encourages the reader to serve it with whole fat yogurt and yep. some kind of acidic pickle. I was uh, nervous making it in front of Priya. And um, I did some things that I normally would do, try to take some shortcuts here or there, and it blew up in my face. And <laughs> and um, doing it in front of her was uh, completely nerve-wracking. What, short, um, what her, shortcuts? Um, not mashing the potatoes. As, as, as It's a critical component to this dish to make sure your palm puree – you're basically making palm puree first mm -hmm. and then adding in the the fennel seeds and, and, the, and the coriander leaf and – seasoning it and then like folding that in. But you basically want a very smooth, smooth potato puree. And where it went wrong for me, really the step that I did and what I do a lot at home and, and maybe love Brian's perspective on this, I like to oil stretch everything at home. I like stretching out my doughs with oil instead of using flour when it's done because like I don't like cleaning up flour because flour gets everywhere. Mm. So I just do it on my cutting board and I'll stretch it out like a lot of flatbreads actually. You know, they stretch it out with oil instead of using a pin to roll it out with uh, with flour. And once she saw that I was stretching it out with oil, she was like, what the F? And that's mm -hmm. not going to work. And I'm like, <laughs> it's going to fucking work. <laughs> and um, I made my six inch discs and then I did the whole thing. I laminated, blah, blah, blah. And then once I made it, I realized, oh, that's why you use flour because you can't take it off the fucking counter. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I let my stupidity inform the audience. Don't oil stretch this. This is not something you want to stretch with oil. 
Um, it's not a flatbread that you can do because it is stuffed. I I recovered by basically using flour and fixed the last three. And the cooking process is exactly as Priya describes. And knowing Priya, you should follow this recipe almost exact. And if you're an expert baker like Brian, you can sort of enhance it to your liking. Um, but when I served it with yogurt and the, and mm. I made some uh, jalapeno escabeche pickles that I always have on hand, it was fucking awesome. <laughs> you know, it's you. Ba- I basically what I did though is I I slathered it with yogurt like it was a pizza, or like a quesadilla. <laughs> like what I like to do with my quesadillas too is I put the sour cream on top and I basically make it like a seven layer dip. I put everything on top of it, right? And then I then I cut into it. Yeah. And. I gave a piece, my, my wife who, who visited us, she's like, why don't you ever make this for me? I was like, oh. <laughs> I think that, uh, so just to put a, a a nice little hat on what you were saying, you want the potatoes to be really smooth because chunks of potatoes are going to poke through, are going to cause ruptures you in your, your dough. You cannot have any piercing of your dough or mm-hmm. it won't ruin it, but it, you, you want this to be as thin as possible. You actually not thin. You want as much potato as possible and as little bit of dough covering the potato, in my opinion, as possible. I, I want to hear, I saw Brian's eyebrow go up with the oil stretching, but really quickly, I do want to throw out a possibly contrarian point, both with this one and Dave's stuffed uh, hot dog recipe. I had a few issues with tearage on like a couple of these. And I'll be honest though, like some potato poking out of, of my parata and frying in the pan, not the worst thing that could have happened. And uh, some sugar spilling out and caramelizing on the crust of my hot dog, not the worst thing that ever happened to me. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to say, not the worst thing. I, so, had, I had both of those as well. It wasn't like a lot, but I mean, the, the potato turning crisp, like what I, I, I felt that was normal. Well, <laughs> you didn't have Priya pre- being like, <laughs> <laughs> The first two I made were perfect, but then after a while, just like kind of rolling it kind of aggressively and potatoes coming out. And I was like, okay, like, ain't no and, problem uh, with that. What was up with that arched eyebrow when Dave brought up oil stretching? Um, I think that was just like for, you know, with maybe with white flour, you could probably get away with it. But whole, you know, what happens is when you oil dough, it just see it absorbs into the dough. So, I mean, you're going to start changing a lot of things texturally. And I mean, I don't know. The fact that it didn't come off of your table is not what I was raising my eyebrow on. It's more just like the more oil you put on dough, the more it'll actually get into the dough and kind of just change the consistency of your dough while you need to roll it out. So with white flour, like you could probably get away with but, it. But, but what? What? But what if you? But this is done all all on minute. Mm-hmm. It's not really having time to soak in. Right, right, right. That's true. You know what I mean? Like if you're doing this ahead of time, I would never ever recommend someone do this. Like sandbag it, like. You know, two hours. No, no, no. When you're oil stretching, you're doing it in the moment and it's going directly. When you do Bing a la minute at the restaurants, is it all oil stretching like that, Chang? All, all, mm. No, no, no. We do flour. Okay. But like specific types, if I'm going to laminate the Bing, I'll, I'll, I'll oil stretch it. Okay. Interesting. But if, if I really want to get it super, super fucking big, and you need to oil stretch it. And it just by hand, so you're just like put. I, I'm not familiar with this technique at all. So like oil yeah, on, and then like you're stretching. Yeah, it's like you're just like you're just stretching it like you're making a pizza. Mm-hmm. Okay, fuck you. Anyway, pizza. I'm not the baking expert. How I did it, is, <laughs> I'm sure is wrong across the board. But no, I, I've never run a restaurant. It's certainly not to the scale you have. So I mean, I don't think there's a right or wrong. <sighs> I think it, I think two. it's just what I mean. I Look at these two. The other thing you said, Dave, that I uh, I wanted to highlight is I I think that the 
you know, yogurt and pickles or whatever, like a cooling element on, on flatbreads mm. is fucking unbeatable. I had, like I said, I had circulated a thing that my preschool uh, pod mom had said where she just basically uh, let some mustard seeds cook in some oil and then add some asafoetida and then p- like pours that with like onion and tomato and ginger over yogurt, which sounded delicious. I didn't do it, but I had it at her house. It was very good. But I think like that cool acidity on top of something like this, I, I think it's pretty crucial. This was delicious, man. Yeah. This was super was delicious. Yeah. Very, and the, very and the crispiness, delicious. the whole thing. I was like, this is uh this is a very, very good recipe. And I was like, very clever of you, Chris Yang. You are, t- you are taking this, 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 this is like real pol- real gamesmanship <laughs> you know by you. Dave, you can't, you can't, you can't hang out with uh you can't hang out with Priya Krishna as much as we do and not absorb a little bit of her uh, Sun Tzu <laughs> art of war shit. You know what I mean? Like you gotta you gotta learn some techniques. This episode is brought to you by Lincoln in the all-new 2024 Nautilus Hybrid, featuring a customizable 48-inch panoramic display, available Revel audio system, and available perfect position front seats with active motion massage. Oh, my God. The world isn't wide enough. Visit Lincoln.com to learn more. Some models, trims, and features may not be available or may be subject to change. Check with your local retailer for current information. Lincoln and Nautilus are trademarks of Ford, or its affiliates. This episode is brought to you by NetSuite by Oracle. As your business grows, you might start seeing some lag. There's too much work for your team, too many different processes, and it takes forever to close the books. If this sounds like you, you should know these three numbers, 37,000, 25, and one. 37,000 is the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. It's a cloud financial system that can help streamline accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25. That's how many years NetSuite has been helping businesses do more with less. And one, because your one-of-a-kind business deserves a customized solution for your KPIs. It's like when you come here for this podcast or when you check out your favorite website to gather all the info you need to make better decisions for your fantasy leagues. Well, NetSuite does that for your business and then some. It's one efficient system, one source of truth with everything you need to grow. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash ringer. That is netsuite.com slash ringer. This episode is brought to you by UGG. Y'all know UGG is a brand that athletes wear all the time in the tunnel and on travel days. Well, I bet you think UGG season is only during the colder months of the year. Au contraire, you're wrong. You need to check out the latest spring drop from UGG. They have everything from sandals to clogs. I like the sandals. Ugg has you covered for your next spring adventure. Shop the Golden Collection at Ugg.com. Let's see, where should we go next? Do we want to stay in the Indian subcontinent or do we no, want to we'll move break it, we'll break it to Hot Okay. Mm. So I, I really had a lot of ways I wanted to make flatbread. But then I was like, you know what? I'm going to stick with Korea. And it was either going to be a mung bean pancake or this. And I chose this because I wanted to do a yeasted bread and to like share with people that may not understand there is yeasted bread in Korean culture and in some dumplings. But this is something that I love quite a bit. And in, and you see it on the streets uh, in Korea and it's either served savory, but more often than not, it's served with this brown sugar cinnamon type of thing. It doesn't always have nuts in it. Sometimes the savory element has uh, chapche, you know, the glass noodles in it. It's delicious. And oftentimes when it's fried on the streets, 
it's really cooked in a lot of oil on a griddle, right? And it's it's delicious. And one of my favorite places uh, when I had hot dog is they just put a scoop of ice cream in, like in a cone of it. They, they fry a big thing of hot dog with the cinnamon, brown sugar. It's so good. It's so goddamn good. So it's a basic white flour yeasted recipe. Dough, like dough. It's super simple. You just sort of roll it out and you like a pupusa, basically. You stuff it with your brown sugar, cinnamon, walnut mixture, and you want to put as much of it in as humanly possible. It's mm-hmm. really important. That's something that I yeah. don't think is in the recipe. Like it takes some skill to do that. To It's almost like making a soup dumpling or some kind of dumpling too, where, you know, it takes skill to put as much of it in as possible without making it look ridiculously deformed. <laughs> um, and that's the one thing I think is hard to do when you're making a, a pupusa, and I've actually made a lot of pupusas, but I'm not good at it because um, it's hard to do well. And hot dogs, which I have made a lot, I thought this recipe was going to work, and not a surprise, it worked out really well. It's a super solid recipe, and it's delicious, and I served it with ice cream. Brian? <laughs> He's not going to like it. Uh-oh. <laughs> I just feel bad because everything everything you just said at the end, I just disagree with. But it's, very, it's, it's, it's it all boils down to the same thing for me. I just think it could have benefited from rest because the dough, it's, it's you got two teaspoons of yeast to like two cups of flour. So it, like it, cle- it, it, it clearly ferments extremely fast, which is not my preferred way to eat bread if it's using yeast. Um, and then after filling it, I feel like it could benefit from rest from, you know, two hours or something. Or even put the, after filling, after making the balls, put them in the fridge overnight and then take them out so that it's very relaxed. So when I smash them down on the pan, I don't, I don't feel like I got enough. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I did it wrong. Did yours, like when you smash them down on the pan, is it expanding or is it staying thick? No, no. You, you got to like really smash them down. You got to smash there's them. A tech, there is a technique to it. But I'll also tell you, you're right. If you want to make the dough uh, like what you're alluding to or t- trying to describe 100% resting all, all of the things are true but and I'm not I'm not even saying sourdough no, no, no. or whole grain blah 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 in, 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 in Korea they're making this all of a new they have the dough they're ripping it off you know and then they they do it all and then they fry it all of a new okay so that dough that dough might have been resting for who knows exactly. how long they, exactly. they have exactly. it there exactly I, yeah I think yeah I think my biggest beef with the recipe was like one hour for a two teaspoons of use of yeast was like it was a little too yeast, it was a little too yeasty for me and like that causes that that element that i had where i, I couldn't really it was too tight the dough was too tight it wasn't relaxed and it just had that yeasty flavor to it i will say though the first two i cooked i didn't have enough oil and then adding more oil to the skillet so that while it's so after you flip it and smash it if you have enough oil to kind of cover all of it it cooks a lot better and you don't get i the first two I had, I had a little bit of kind of like raw dough, raw yeasty, not not the greatest cook. But then the second one, I had a better distribution of filling, more oil, and it cooked the outside more. So uh, again, I, I, t- I hear you. I understand what you're saying, Brian, on like the yeastiness of it. I think that is a lot of yeast in like an hour. You're going to get a lot of yeast taste. But I, I'll say I made these uh, last night, two nights ago. After my wife and I had finally managed to put our children to bed after a long day and standing there in the kitchen eating these with my wife, like, I don't think I've been that happy in a long fucking time. <laughs> like, I was eating them. And usually if, like, Chang submits, like, a like a great recipe, I'm mad about it. 
And I was only mad this time because I was like, I don't think I can eat more than four of these. Mm. Uh, this is this is too much. I um I did save a couple that were pre-stuffed, like you said, Brian, to to cook for the kids in the morning, and they were they gobbled them up. And I, I totally agree. Like the yeastiness abated a little bit, and and obviously like the difference between like a recipe like this and a recipe like yours is like you get much less of that yeasty flavor in the dough. But my kids loved it. I thought maybe like a, a little bit more walnut in the filling would have been great. I think mm. that what Dave said about trying to get as much filling as you can is super important because I don't think you realize, you know, it needs a lot of filling in there. Did you guys use brown sugar? Or did you guys use turbinado sugar? I use brown. I use brown. You got to use brown. Okay. I did a little you know, bit one, of a, one, a one thing that I, I, I did, uh, you can do a lot of different fillings. And one of the opening things we had, the menu major doma was a hot dog with dates mm. um, and, and, Dates, that kind of jammy texture once you sort of mm. mash them down, I think is one of the, to me, like yeah. the, my platonic ideal of like a, a, a hot dog filling because of the caramelny nature of it all. But in general, I'm not a hot dog expert, you know, at all. But I just, for me, this is what I've eaten over the years. And if you've never had it before, I think it might be hard to cook. So, or like understand, but it's a simple thing. And I never look of it as a bread type of thing like Brian's recipe, which is all about the bread. I was thinking about other other possible, because I was like, this is a great vehicle for my children. <laughs> and I was like, I wonder if sugar. I can mash up banana and brown sugar in here and fill it in there. Like other Ooh, fruit banana. stuff in there, man. That would be fucking banana. good, right? Like, that little banana in perfect. there. Yeah. Okay, so let's move on to our last recipe here, which is Brian Ford's non with Poolish, uh, you know, Brian, why don't you take us a spin through what this is and how it's done rather than me trying to, to, to do it here. How it's you, done. You, you, you big jerk. You big jerk. <laughs> you I, big jerk. No, I would have been a jerk if I gave you my sourdough non-recipe. I, I felt like this was much easier, okay? Um, I didn't know if you guys had sourdough starters and all that, so I was like, I'm not going to deal with it. Everyone's got a pinch of instant yeast, right? It just required a little bit of time, all right? So if you don't know what a poolish is, it's just a type of pre-fermented flour, you know, if you've mastered making regular yeasted bread, but you're not ready for sourdough, um, you can use a poolish as like your your kind of intermediate stage. You basically take a small, like tiny pinch of yeast, instant yeast or active yeast, you put or or fresh yeast doesn't matter. You put it into a bowl with equal part part uh, flour and water. I think in this case, I don't even remember. I think it was 150, 150 grams of flour, 150 grams of water. You put a pinch of yeast, you let it rest overnight. And then the next day you've got this really uh, bubbly, fermented, uh, funky smelling mixture. Um, so that's essentially flour that has been fermented now. That's why it's called a pre-ferment. So, cause we're going to add that into the final dough uh, that we mix. So the final dough for the naan, uh, it's got some milk and some full fat yogurt. That's going to, you could also use coconut milk. I do I, like full fat coconut milk. Using those things just adds a fluffier texture to it. Just adding more fat into the dough makes it fluffier. And then, uh, you know, flour, water, mix it all together and let that, re and again, only the tiniest pinch of yeast uh, as well. And you let it rest for, I think I said, <laughs> I literally just made this recipe up for this episode, but I think it was uh, another four hours. Um, and then you kind of divide those up, you ball them up and you let those rest for an hour or so. Then you'll be ready to cook them. The dough is nice and relaxed. You've got the pre-fermented flour in it. You've got the flavor profile. You, you kind of get the funk as if you made sourdough, but you didn't really have to have a sourdough starter and deal with it. And you get that nice relaxed gluten that's easy to manipulate. 
and is very flavorful. So after you spread your dough out, you can cover, you cover it with ghee. You get your cast iron ripping hot. I mean, just like, like your fire alarm should be going off in your house. That's how hot I want. I want it. I want it super, super hot, the cast iron. And then you kind of brush that cast iron with some ghee, some clarified butter. And then you, yeah, you cook your naan for like a minute aside or so. And uh, you just wait for it to kind of bubble up and get those nice black distinct bubbles. Uh, brush it with ghee as like as often as you can. Sprinkle with some sea salt and some chopped cilantro. And and that's it. You don't need nothing else. You know what I mean? That is it. <laughs> that is it. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, the reason why Dave is, is calling you a big jerk is obviously the multiple ferments and, and, and waiting times. I admit, like, I had gotten so accustomed to our, our recipe club vibe where, like, everything is 30 minutes or less or your money back that, like, even with the poolish I made the night before, I was like, all right, then, then I'm good. I, I did Brian's thing. I made my pre-ferment the night before. And last night I was like, I'm going to make some food and I'll, we'll have naan with it. And I got to, like, step two. And it was like, ferment for four hours and then ball and then ferment for an hour and a half. And I was like, motherfucker, you just deprived my family of bread for dinner, too. Oh, I <laughs> deprived your family of bread. Of bread. You, hey, you, you took read, bread out of the mouths of my children. You should have read the instructions, man. I didn't take bread out of the mouths of your children. Man, I did not say that. <laughs> no, no, no. Obviously, that's on me. No, that's actually hilarious. <laughs> uh, Dave, what, what other than you got, you got, you got so something on this so recipe? Other than I was the... so, so, I'm still just fuming hot, rip, so mad. <laughs> what happened? Did you promise someone a non delivery and you missed no, the deadline? No, you did I've it? been I mean, really like, what, busy. What, what, what? I've made 120 recipes in a week for this cookbook. I, I, I just, I'm in the weeds with everything. I'm in the fucking weeds. Work. We got. We're filming TV shows. I got to do these. I'm so fucked with work right now, and I'm like, oh shit. Chris even asked, like, uh, you want to move the podcast? Like, I know you got a crazy workload. I was like, no, no, no. I'll get it done. I'll just cram it all in. Uh, yesterday it was Thursday. I'll do it. Uh, that's what I plan. I'll do it all Thursday. It's Wednesday. And he's like, yeah, man. Check out Brian's recipe because I didn't look at you. Like it's gonna take you. Like you got to start it like today. I'm like, what? No, I thought that was euphemism. He's just like, you know, whatever. And I looked. I was like, oh fuck you, man. I was like, so fucking pissed. I was like, I gotta, I gotta make a poolish. I was like, no, this is not. This is hey, not you have my. What I you have. For. Hey, hold on. You have my phone number. I could have modified it for you. You just add no, more yeast. No, 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 no. That's not what I do. I try to go by the letter of the law. In <laughs> time. The letter of the law. I was like, I was like, no, I'm gonna do this shit the way Brian fucking wants. So I did it. I did. It. I was like, of course, I kind of thought I could have just cheated the whole thing. I was like, no. I, you took your time to make a recipe. I want to be respectful. I'm gonna make it exactly. And listen. Out of all the recipes that have ever been made on Recipe Club, this is the only one that it was 100% accurate. I even measured everything. I never, I've never measured everything in my life. <laughs> you measured? <laughs> did you like bust out the scale, Chang? You did, you did yeah, this? Dude, you really I, measured? Ram. I measured Holy every cow. goddamn thing. Everything. And I, I just kind of like fucking poolish, really? What kind of <laughs> asshole makes a poolish for recipe club when I'm using instant? I mean, I, I know why he's doing it because he wants the fucking more mature flavor, blah, 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 blah. And I was just like, no, no, no. I, I was so mad every step of the way. And every step of the way, I was like, no, this does not need poolish. This does not need poolish. I, I was like, yet yeah, I'm making it in the dough. I did the whole thing. Came out great. 
I even got ghee. I it was definitely like, uh, I did everything. <laughs> because I respect you, Brian Ford. I made it exactly the way you wanted me to. And I made it yesterday, and it was delicious. My bread made the house smell glorious. And and, <laughs> and the garlic and the fucking ghee. And it was great. It's a great, 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 great recipe. It's supremely delicious. I still don't think you need to use poolish. But <laughs> I again, like, you're trying to make really the best. Like, this is something you would serve in a restaurant. That's not what I do at home. Mm-hmm. You know, my food on a, my, my home cooking is based on a true story. Yours gave me, you were like, this is the, this is the, the real autobiographical story of Brian Ford's non. Mm-hmm. And, and I wasn't <laughs> down with that. I wanted the, I wanted the cliff note version and, and I had to read the whole fucking book. And I was like, I fuck. Could, listen, 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 I couldn't bring cliff note. Here's a couple of reasons why I couldn't bring cliff notes. Number one. Uh, I got many messages of disappointment when people didn't get the pineapple up and out of recipe. I was getting straight hate mail for that. Straight up. All right, number, number two. Number two. Brian, this two different, we're talking about two different recipes. Hold now on. You're I'm, just saying, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You made the odds. You made odds in the last episode and put massive pressure on a dude. So I was like, listen, I'm going to have to come with something that's a little bit strong, a little bit flavorful. And I ain't mean to mess your day up, man. I didn't. I didn't mean to mess up, you know what I'm saying? We all got books out here, you understand? But I ain't mean to, I didn't mean to deprive Chris kids of bread. I didn't mean to mess up Dave's life, but Dave's I was like Zeus right from Mount Olympus, just throwing lightning bolts fucking at us mere humans. You, 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 you provided a non with poolish recipe, and Dave and I were looking for more for a, a non ish without pool anything. Mm-hmm. I was hoping, I was hoping Brian Ford might be like, Non with uh, Pillsbury biscuit dough. <laughs> <from> <laughs> the here I was, here I was thinking that omitting sourdough from the equation was that I was like, man, you know what I'm saying? If I put sourdough, they're gonna get so mad at me. They're gonna be like, dude, we can't do it like this. So I was like, yo, you know what I'm saying? I, I nah, eliminated nah, nah. that. Will you? Will you actually just give 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 me a baking dum dum? Uh, a little bit of context on on the poolish thing. Like Dave is like, you don't need the poolish. Like defend or explain the sort of pre ferment for me, Brian. So you know, I bake exclusively as we just talked about with with the the huck duck recipe. Did I pronounce it right? Mm-hmm. Um, yes, you did. As you as you as you've heard me probably explain quite a few times in terms of bread. Um, I I use a pre ferment and it's usually sourdough. So that means I usually have. Uh, a mixture of flour and water that's been sitting around for a while. And then I, I feed it. I, I add more flour to it. It grows and it helps my bread uh, grow. And it takes time. It takes, you know, if this was a sourdough recipe, it would have taken double the time or something like that, which is, which yes, I get it. It's ridiculous. Um, that's just how I bake. So does it need poolish? The answer, like I said, it's, I mean, not necessarily if you don't have the time or want to have the time to make naan, you can just add a little bit more instant yeast in the final mix and cut the rest time down in half. And in two hours, you mix the dough. In two hours, you can divide it. 20, 30 minutes, let them rest, and then you can cook them. You're not, you know, again, I'm going to get, when I taste that yeasty flavor, that exclusively like, I'll go and eat. And it's like, yo, this bread just straight up tastes like instant yeast to me. And I, and I, that's just, I just taste it. So for something like this, for something that's very bread forward, it's just like, you know, the longer you, you, you ferment your gluten, the better it's kind of going to taste to you or to me rather to answer the question to be real no of course you don't of course you don't need it you can use instant active dry yeast or fresh yeast and and have a dough in two hours if you just up the up the quantity and do the exact same process it's probably going to taste pretty good 
for me, I did want to kick it up <laughs> to the next level. You know what I'm saying? I got, yeah, I've been losing every episode. No, 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 no. This is what I want the audience to understand. If Brian Ford and I are two sort of chefs and we have been kidnapped and we're being tortured to tell the truth, right? <laughs> to give up our secrets, to give up our pride, our which family, is how Recipe Club feels friends, today, which is literally how right? this podcast feels today. To, to give up every, your integrity, your moral compass, who you are. I'm getting strapped in the chair and I'm seeing the big needle or whatever. The, I, I was like, listen, you don't have to do any of that stuff. I'm going to tell you everything right now. Right. If if I was about to get tortured, I just tell them everything. I don't I don't care. Here you go. Brian Ford would never break. No. He would never, ever break. <laughs> and that's the difference between you. I, I'm, 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 I'm not they don't even have to torture me. I was like, what do you want to know? Here you go. I don't care. <laughs> you. They'd be like, you know, they're done torching you. It's like, this fucking guy is taking like 365 days of punishment. He won't break. And that's the difference. That's you may right. arrest me. That was like un- unflappable. You're unflappable. And me, I'm like, I don't know. What integrity? I have <laughs> Dave didn't even get in the chair. He's like, no, 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 no. I'll give you the secret location. Whatever you want. Just don't put me in the chair. I, uh, yeah. I, I mean, like I joked with you, Brian, like I, I did. That was a true story. I did think I would have non for dinner last night. <laughs> I did not have non for dinner. I had non for a midnight snack because of the fucking ferment. But I will say, in 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 great defense of this recipe, I instead of serving my family fresh non with poolish, I served them some bag of whatever grocery store flatbread I had in the fridge, and it, you know it's that's that's what it is. It's it's convenience versus the real thing, and the real thing that I got to eat later on that night was fucking delicious. Like the final product was delicious. It was really really fucking good and reflective of the amount of work that went into it. So never break, dude. Never surrender. Hold the line. Don't don't <laughs> break. On, and, and and let me just tell the, re, the the listeners by work. Chris and Dave are talking about just waiting. All right. There's no there's no additional <laughs> manual labor. You don't have to drag bricks up your building. You don't have to do fifty push ups. It's it's just some wait times. I just Dave want to clarify. I, are you sure? Because Dave and I watched the dough the whole time it was fermenting. Are we not supposed to watch it? You're not supposed I, to stand I watched it for four no, hours. No, what you're supposed to do is go test your other recipes, Dave, in those four hours and go do your other work and then just come back to it. No, that's, like a dumbass, I saved yours for last thinking that that, you know. But. Uh, all right. So let's get down to the business here of, of voting or uh, deciding on a winner this week. Um, what do you guys prefer? Do you guys want to do just thumbs up, thumbs down in each recipe, or do you want to just debate and I vote think it's on a, a quick, winning recipe? I'm going to just give you a quick debate. I am choosing. It's a twofold answer. I think clearly the best recipe is Brian's technique, history, everything. Like if you want to have a better understanding, and anybody that's listening to this and they're making a lot of the recipes, you should make Brian's. Recipe, because if you've never used Poolish before, as most people probably have to Google what the fuck it is, they've never done it before, you should understand it because it's one way of adding flavor and some depth uh, that you don't potentially get from a quick yeast recipe. But it is like an incredibly good recipe. It is incredibly good recipe. And I'm glad that I took it step by step, you know, but that's one part of me. The other part of me is like, would I make this again? Mm -hmm. And the answer is Brian Ford. As much as I'd like to, I will not. <laughs> Even if I modify it for you? <laughs> no, because because like I, I would modify it because I'd make it quicker, and I don't know if I would do it that way. Like, if Here's the deal, Brian. I'll tell you the truth. If we were going to incorporate a non-recipe in one of our restaurants, yours mm. is the recipe that I'm going to serve. 
You know what I mean? Like this is your your recipe is restaurant recipe for me. That's the way I look at it. I was like, if you want to make something proper and it's not a sourdough and have fucking a ton of flavor and beautiful texture, and it was just like delicious. When I made that, I was like, I'd make this, I'd buy this in a fucking restaurant. It's awesome. To me, when I put on my 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 home clothes and I'm mm-hmm. cooking at home, that's not how mm-hmm. I want to cook at home. I'm gonna say also, I I am not not saying the hot duck's great. I think all three recipes, it's one of these things are are all very, very good. And I think Brian's is an incredibly good recipe. But my choice, not because Priya's here, not because I'm writing this book with her or anything. I was just like, oh, I can. It, it was like making the Sichuan eggplant. It's like, oh, I can make this at home. Mm-hmm. You know, it was so fucking simple and so delicious. And I just judged my eyes from my wife's expression when she ate it. She's like, why don't you make this more often? You know what I mean? And that's why... I choose Priya's recipe. It was it was actually crazy simple to make, especially if you follow it exactly the way it's written, not like I fucked around with. I thought it was incredibly delicious. And it's not like I'm trying to vote for Chris Ying here or Priya Krishna. <laughs> I was just going to say, let's let's make sure we call it Chris's recipe here. <laughs> um, but, but, um, is, it, is it Chris's recipe, though? <laughs> I mean, every other week it would be the recipe. Every time it's a shit recipe, it's Chris's recipe. <laughs> the one time I bring Priya's, it's Priya's recipe. Mango graham crackers. Uh, let me give my sort of vote here. I, I think that this, I think that Brian's recipe is clearly... When you think about what a recipe is as a a roadmap to something delicious, like Brian's end result is the best thing. It's the best recipe, I think, for for everybody thing. listening to this actually should make this recipe. No question. Mm. I mean, I, I think it's, it, and I'm not trying to blow smoke up Brian's ass. It's a great recipe. It actually is a different way of making bread than a lot of people think about. It's everything that we started talking about this podcast of what flatbread could be. It's incredibly nuanced. It takes time. It takes a lot of different things that you might not think flatbread actually has. It's an amazing recipe. I just think that Priya's is easier to make. Mm-hmm. It's all very complicated. Of, yeah. It's it's all because because what I was going to say is like I think that if you're somebody who who has an interest in in making non at home and you want to do it the right way, make something super delicious, you should make Brian's recipe. The mom in my preschool pod who is short on time makes Priya's alu prata as like mm-hmm. a, a thing that she can do quickly and still have like that same similar feel of like I made this from scratch. It's a it's a stuffed flatbread. It's amazing. I at home am going to make the hot dog recipe for my kids more often. I'm going to fill it with fruit to like make them eat more fruit. Like that's just, it's just, it's, it's a tough situation again, where we have all of the, these three great recipes that all have different uses. I will also say finally, the last thing I (laughs) will say about this is I stuffed a bunch of leftover potato into Brian's uh, non dough and rolled that out. Might actually be the fucking winner here, guys. It might actually be the fucking best thing is Priya's potatoes stuffed into Brian's nanto. So, so who do you choose? Who do you choose, Yang? I chose your recipe, asshole. Now you're giving us this fucking kumbaya <laughs> shit. Come on, man. I, oh, my God. The, the, the thing is, I want to choose. I, I, I have said the recipe I'm most likely to make again is, is the one that Dave brought is the hot dog recipe. I want to give credit where it's due. Brian developed this for us. No, he, he's no, for, no, this no, is no, for no. the recipe club audience. I, I got that's got to be commended. I've got to give my vote to Brian for that. No, I've got, got to. We just, we just, I just said it's the best recipe, but it's like I think it's the what we determined is is what recipe are you going to make again? The one I'm going to make again is the hot dog recipe. 
that's the one I will most likely make again is Dave's Otoker. I'm going to make it. I mean, I got to, I got to, I got to go work this weekend, but like, as soon as I get back, like, uh, that, so I choose, the pre, one, I choose Prias. The Chris is what you're you going to make Chris's, again. Not I choose Prias. <laughs> Brian, Brian's choosing Brian. So what do we do here? Brian, I think that we we put this to the tiebreaker again, which we usually throw to. Mm, yeah, I can't object with what Dave said, but I I want to say <laughs> I want to say one thing. All right, obviously, what what would you make again? You know, my, my like my whole job, like what I do is I I teach people how simple it is to make more delicious versions of breads that they like. So inherently, I'm strongly biased because a it's my recipe, and b it's how I bake every day. Because I've set up, I've set up mechanisms for myself to make it easy. For example, I don't need to make a poolish. I've just got a tub of just poolish in my fridge, and I just pull when I need. It's always made. So you, you know, if you tripled this recipe, you could use some of it and put the rest in your fridge for the whole week. And if you wanted to make the naan again, you could wake up in the morning, dump everything in the bowl, go about your day, come back later, shape them, and cook them. So it, I think there are as as a listener. I do get the challenges when, you know, you guys are running several businesses, have kids and, and this and that. And you, you know, didn't read the recipe ahead of time. <laughs> but but if you're someone at home and 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 like don't instead of getting intimidated, just look for solutions. If you really want to make something delicious, uh, that's bread. Bread to me, bread's not an afterthought. So like when I make any kind of bread, I would like I like to put it's just my personal preference. I like to put time into it. I like the fact that I have to wait. I it, you know, that's just me. So I'm not going to disagree. I am picking my own recipe because because I'm just so used to making bread in this way that to me it's like second nature. So, you know, talking about which which is easier, which they're all to me they're all equally as easy. You know, to me like you know what I'm saying like to me waiting for a poolish or a preferment and then mixing is it's just like it's just second nature. So I can't I can't really use that as the barometer here. I'm just going on deliciousness. I thought my naan was extremely good, and I and I just have to pick it. Yeah, yeah, you, you should. It's a fucking awesome recipe. <laughs> okay. It's just this is this is a, this is very hard because each one is different, and I think the tiebreaker is which one would you make the most moving forward. Well, we can go several tiebreakers here. We could do a couple of things here, guys. We could give the tiebreaker to the the originator of the recipe. We can open it to a producer or. We can ask our audience to chime in on this one and determine a vote, uh, a winner by vote. Between now and 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 when it goes, and the next time Brian's on, that's how we determine the winner. I think that if you can post online, that if you can show us evidence online that you've made all three of these recipes, and you can determine which one you believe to be the winner and post it, we will gather, like tag tag us, tag the recipe club in tag recipe club in Instagram or wherever you put this on the Facebook group. I know you guys are going to get into this. It's not you a popularity vote. You have to make all three. We and need to see pictures of one. all three, and you got to tell us which one. I I know our Facebook group will get all over this thing. That's I mean, how I we're going to decide bad. it. I feel I feel bad because clearly, like Brian should win. But no, like, no, no, no. You know, I again, I'm an originalist. I'm a constitutional originalist, and I feel like we need to like fulfill the original goal. Which one will you make most? Whenever, often? whenever I come on here, you don't know what you're going to get, and that's what <laughs> that's why I love I live for this moment. I mean, this is the I man live, who brought us this, from the from the mind who brought us coconut scrambled eggs and graham cracker fried chicken. We got a fucking nod with bullets from the same man, dude. You never know what you're going to get it. from Brian Ford. It. He's the fucking best. Uh, we still have to do the business of coming up with the wheel of recipes, though. We can leave one slot empty if you 
you guys like uh, to be filled no, by no, the we eventual can, we winner. We can agree to put something on together. We already brought an ingredient. Didn't we say something together that we thought Ma- would be Maseka. good? Maseka. All right, let's put Maseka on. Yeah. Currently on the wheel of life, we have empanadas, pork ribs, popcorn, jalapenos, mac and cheese, Wonder Bread, Spam, frozen broccoli, meatballs, and now Maseka. I'm going to give it a shuffle. These wheels over time are becoming more and more palatable as they're, as items are being replaced with things we actually want to make. That being said, this is definitely going to hit frozen, frozen broccoli. broccoli. You guys, you guys ready for broccoli. this? Here we go. If we get frozen broccoli, I'm going to do Huck Duck with frozen broccoli in it. Oh, yes! Mr. Chase. Yes. Okay, that's good. That's good. I play with that. Spam. We've hit spam. We've hit spam. <laughs> uh, I'm actually very, very happy about this as well. So the next time we see Brian, we'll have some spam recipes here, and hopefully we will have heard from all of our listeners on mm-hmm. uh, what their opinions are, having made all three of these. Well, I mean, listen, like remember that Priya Krishna works with all of us. Brian, forward. This is tough. This is like uh, we have two very people very close to us with very good recipes. Clearly, if you're not going to vote for one, Hotuk, we don't have any skin in the game, but. Brian's we do and Chris and Priya's we do. So just be know that when you're going to vote. Not that I'm trying to influence you, but I just do. <laughs> Damn, I just, wonder if I'm the bad guy. Do you think Priya would have voted for herself? Did you not see her come Good. into this recording just to check if she had won podcast? <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? Uh, all right. So as always, guys, follow us on Instagram at Recipe Club. Join in the conversation on the Recipe Club podcast Facebook group. Share your comments, photos, and videos. Send emails to recipeclub at majordomomedia.com. Our next episode will be a special guest episode with John DeBerry, the source of our martini of Dave's martini recipe, who will be cooking chickpeas with us. Um, guys, any last thoughts, last words before we head out? I appreciate the time, guys. Good to see y'all. Those are my thoughts. Thanks, Brian. This episode is brought to you by Ugg. Y'all know Ugg is a brand that athletes wear all the time in the tunnel and on travel days. Well, I bet you think Ugg season is only during the colder months of the year. Oh, contraire. You're wrong. You need to check out the latest spring drop from Ugg. They have everything from sandals to clogs. I like the sandals. Ugg has you covered for your next spring adventure. Shop the Golden Collection at Ugg.com. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client.